I've found incredible role models for myself mm. later in life. Other men who I've become really great friends with who I really value what they say or might be successful in different different areas and that I've learned from. I never really uh, think of myself as a role model. Um, I'm, I'm out there um, trying to be, um, trying to be the best sort of person. G'day, I'm Joel Selwood and welcome to season three of Fearlessly Australian. Now I've got some pretty big shoes to fill, taking over from Danny Green, because from what I've seen, he's done an incredible job. So I'm pretty stoked to be here. Some of you know me as a former captain of the Geelong Cats, where I spent 16 years as a player. I was lucky enough to be a part of a fantastic club, community and competition, winning four premierships. Down to Selwood, wouldn't it be great? Got it working the right way. The skipper, the hero, the superstar. What a moment. Joel Selwood has nailed a goal. The emotions bubble over here at the MCG. We're kicking off by taking a look at people around us who we look up to, can learn from, and even help us address our fears. We all need good people to help us get through the ups and downs of life and to help us bring some clarity in the world that can be complex at times. I'd say um, my wife has done an amazing job on that stuff for me. Um, and not just in terms of vulnerability, but in terms of like making you see things from other people's perspectives. I reckon these two blokes are people that many young guys would look up to. Actor Eric Banner, an international Aussie superstar, and my great mate, AFL legend, Tom Hawkins. One thing I've enjoyed about being a senior player um, is one, your responsibility to the rest of your teammates to, to be able to connect and um, with them during periods of the year where uh, it's really challenging. And adding another great layer to the episode is young men's facilitator, Jara Volpe, who works with an awesome organisation called The Man Cave. That's awesome, it's like you've learnt how to play empathy into your role as a leader. If you like what you hear, like and subscribe to the channel and keep across all the great content. Okay, that's done, let's get stuck in. I'm hosting this year, so a little bit nervous, but uh, I just like to go around the couch and uh, I want to find out a little bit about you guys. So, Joe, I might get you to start. All right, I'll be first off the rank. Uh, my name is Jarrah Volpe, and I am a facilitator that connects people to themselves and each other. And yeah, I get the absolute privilege of doing that with a space called The Man Cave, which is a preventive mental health charity that goes out there and equips young men with the tools that we didn't really have growing up. Eric, I reckon you're the probably most impressive bloke on this couch. Sorry, Tom. Uh, <laughs> we might get you to take away next. Hey, yes, I'm Eric Banner. I'm a actor and actor and dad, I guess is how I'd describe myself. Uh, former stand-up comedian, sketch comedy, um, and then managed to break through the through the side door into, into acting. And, um, and that's been my life the last sort of 30 years. So, yeah, I'm... Uh, Thrilled to be here and in great company today. So I'm interested to hear what everyone's got to say. Very good. Tommy, take us away. Yeah, Tom Hawkins, um, current Geelong um, football club player. Um, I, uh, it's been a big part of my life playing football, obviously playing and drafted um, for most of my career with you. Hits it well. Hits it really well. Tommy Hawkins, you are a star. Tom's got two. The cats have got six. We're going to do a bit of a deep dive today. When was the last time you felt fear or 
Yeah, well, fear for me comes in many different formats. Um, you know, I think when, when I think of, of being, um, you know, uh, fearful or vulnerable in in some respect, it's you know I've got a, I've got a um, real apprehension with heights. So that's first and foremost. That's something that I'm absolutely scared of. So <laughs> that's probably why I don't I'll take too that. too many speckies on the footy field. I keep my feet <laughs> on the ground. But um, so you know that fearful of, of that. But um, you know I come across sort of more uh, obstacles throughout um, you know my life. Um, I recently um, had a foot injury that um, that I had operated on in the off season, um, and when your feet are such an important part of of what you do, there was always uh, a fear of of not being able to get back to um, you know what I was able to do uh, for my first sixteen years of of my career. So, um, so I, I faced faced fear, but it's. Um, Often, when you when you face it in in life, I've found um, in various instances you you learn lots about yourself. So um, it, it's funny upon reflection at the time, it, you feel you feel um, uneasy and um, you question yourself and your and your ability. And I certainly did at that point in time. But um, you know, upon reflection, I've, I've learned, learned some wonderful things. Um, you know that I'll take take forward into into the rest of my life when I need to call upon experiences to learn. Mm. Joe, I don't know if you know football that much, but um, your feet <laughs> are your money makers. <laughs> and for Tom, they're very much so. So uh, I understand his fear in that. Eric, can you tell us about last time you felt fear? Well, you know, Tom mentioned height, so I'll go with a really obvious physical one. Going downstairs, I once uh, had a big topple uh, after a gig, but, um, and so sometimes in movies when they say you're going you're gonna, to gonna come across here and you're going to run down these stairs, I'm like, he's not actually going to run down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a physical one. But I guess my, my biggest fear, and I have to face it pretty much every time I, I go to work, is, you know, I never really get to be myself. I always mm. have to become, become someone else. And so it's taking that leap and it's deciding uh, to do or to commit to the role or the job. So for me, the biggest fear is, not having time to prepare and having to step into a job where you don't feel it 100%. I like the personal personal reflection uh, in all this because um, being a role model is probably what we all are and we've got role models ourselves. Um, I think of my father in, in that um, sense, but I like the point of being kind because I think that's mm. what um, we can go against most when things aren't going our way. And um, I think that's my role model was always that to me. And then that was probably my dad in, um, in that aspect of life. So I'm not sure about you, Eric, but a personal reflection about role models and who it was for you. Yeah, it's a tricky one because um, I didn't, I mean, besides, the, you know, relatively obvious, like in, in my dad and, and stuff, I, I didn't really have a, a massive kind of standout role model. I played, you know, different sports as a kid, so I didn't really have an amazing connection with a coach or, or, or something like that. I, I think the ones that were the most influential to me were really, really, I described them as minor and gentle. Uh, and they would just be kind of small interactions with, with older, I, I guess, usually older men who would have taken the time to talk to you about something. It could be as simple as, I remember one of my first jobs I was working in an office as a, as, a, as a document runner, like as a courier. And there were four partners in this company. 
And one of the partners was just really nice to me and would always, we'd talk politics, we'd talk sport, we'd talk mainly music. And I'm like, it's really cool that he's taken the time to show an interest in me. And I remember thinking at the time, that's, that is, it's just a really nice feeling. I came, um, came into the football system a little bit wet behind the ears. Uh, I was sort of almost at that. You know what that means? No, I was literally just about to ask. <laughs> yeah, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So just um, <laughs> raw, raw, young, okay. learning experiences. I, like I, I'd, I'd, um, I'd had uh, different exper experiences as, as a kid. You know, I moved away to boarding school, which was challenging in some respects, moving away from from mum and dad. But I'd, I'd sort of hadn't really been tested so much as a. Um, as a man moving out um, and sort of forging my my career path. So um, for me, role models, again, had my dad, um, huge um, part of my life and, and certainly still is today. But, um, you know, I've picked and learnt from from people along the way as I've, as I've matured in life. I'd never really uh, think of myself as a role model. Um, I, I'm, I'm out there. Um, trying to be, um, trying to be the best sort of person individually that I can. You know, the best, the, the best family man. Um, also understand that I've got a real responsibility in football um, as a profiled player. Um, you know, it's it's just it, it becomes a part of a part of the role. But um, the importance of that, um, when I sit down and and, and think about, it is that. I was once a kid growing up in Finlay that was seven, eight, nine, ten, uh, idolising um, people uh, that played the game, um, and and now that's sort of my responsibility somewhat as well. I, I think the thing about it too, um, for you guys to know too, as eighteen-year-olds coming through, like we would just come out of school as footballers, um, and then you get drafted and you get a brand put to your name and that's the Geelong Footy Club but it comes with layers of sponsors and members and um, and doing the right thing. Um, right. But that's not too different to, you know, the young kid working at the IGA and doing the right thing too or, you know, the builder that's um, needing to show up on time and be accountable to that. It's probably, have you seen qualities or characteristics within your fields that you think are similar that you need to have to be a role model? I wish I did, and I and I, I've often thought about your guys' careers and you know being associated with an amazing club like Geelong and the structure that that would provide and the consistency that that would provide in terms of your your club had an amazing reputation for just being you know incredibly strong off field and stable, um, and I'm in an industry where I'm working with different people all the time, and I, I've often craved that kind of stability, team. stable environment or consistency in a team. Yeah. Um, and my industry is notorious for not always having the best behaved people in different in different jobs as well. So I guess um, that, that that's something I've, I've always felt that I've missed in term, in my professional life. I've obviously come across, you know, great role models sporadically in different sort of forms, but I am envious of the notion that you, you're part of an organisation mm. that that, that not only preaches and expects that, but actually teaches you how to, how to perform that role. And I, and I imagine that at Geelong, there's, there's so much inherent structure in helping you to become a great captain and a great leader as a footballer. Yeah, well, I think the thing about, there's a framework um, within life, but 
how far you can push that framework is really important to the individuals. Um, we want to take on kids and give them the best chance in life. I'm curious when you were a bit wet behind the ears. Yeah. I used it. <laughs> like it. I did it. Like it. When, you, when you were 18 and whatnot, what about when you were trying to pick role models at that time? Was there anyone that sticks out where you saw the way they were going about life or going about their footy or yes. going about being a man and you yep. were like, I'm attracted to that. There's something in that for me. Well, I think, um, you know, we, and, and not just because he's sitting here, but I, I will use other players as well, but, um, you know, Joel in particular had, had a wonderful work ethic. I, I came in and um, I was still, um, had so much to learn um, in the way that uh, I played footy and, and transitioned into, into professional life, but um, just your, your work ethic that, that came with playing uh, our sport at, at the highest level. question that I see with like what does make a good role model? Oh, um, a, a variety of things um, that um, you're presented with at, at any point in your, t in your life. Um, you know, I look at, um, you know, I was driving uh, up from, from Geelong this morning. I spoke to two people and one of them was my dad. Um, and you, you're talking about, um, you know, Mother's Day and the growth of, of your children and you talk and you reflect on certain things that, that he remembers back when, you know, he was roughly my age. Um, you know, and then I spoke to my uncle who, um, you know, was, uh, there's an opportunity that's come up in, in outside of football and I was connecting with him and with that and picking his brain. So, um, yeah, they, I mean, they, they can be... They can be um, blood, but you know they they can be coming in all sorts of forms. When I think back to even the sporting people that I kind of, you know, for want of a better term, idolised. Like so, I love my motorsport. So I love Mick Dillon. Yeah. It's an amazing MotoGP motorcycle race for sure. But I knew that there was something about Mick Dillon that I would really love as a person, as well as an amazing motorcycle racer, and he was tough and what he what he put his body through and was able to withstand, said something to me about his his character that I just, I knew fundamentally he must be a good bloke. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I, and whether, whether it be, you know, Lenny Hayes at St Kilda or, or, or Rui when he was playing, like I was always attracted to sporting people who I thought had had great character as well as who were amazing at, at what they do. So I do think it's, it's important. Yeah, we're talking about role models um, and idols. Can you give us a bit more of a, you know, an indication on what the difference is between the two. And break it down. Um, yeah, I, I guess for me, the difference, or at least what I've known, is that an idol is someone that's out there, can't be touched, somewhat of a, a godlike figure, a deity, yep. a, a, someone that I, I wish I could be like. And Mick Dorn, <laughs> but you can touch him. So yeah. that's well, quite, quite, quite literally, but, yeah. and they play an important role because idols can really, really create a, an excitement in us. They can, they can inspire us and whatnot. But the difference between a role model is that a role model is somebody that I can, that I can touch, that's close to me, that's in my community, that I can fully see all the way around. An idol, I see the cover. And normally the issue that can be sometimes with idols is that I can just follow them blindly. They are it in the f***ing bit, yeah? Right. That's it. Whatever they say, whatever they do, I will just parrot all of that. Yeah, it's, I mean, you talk about idols um, versus role models and, and it just, it brings me back to when I was a kid growing up in, in Finley. I 
loved football um, and Barrack for the Cats. I idolised um, Gary Blitz Senior, and, and again, like I mean, his nickname is God, but like <laughs> he was, he was just like I ne didn't have, um, didn't ever have any touch points with him. I never really went and watched. He, I went and watched him play a couple of times, but you know, you you feel like you're you're as far back as possible. I, I sort of almost idolised um, local senior players that that played for Finley, um, but it's not until. Um, uh, until you connect with with someone that that you um, want to be or is a role model that you you dive a little bit deeper you, you just that, that help you out um, with with critical decisions that, yeah. that you may be facing in life so I mean that's that that's where that's where I separate the two of them is 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 learnt experiences and and um, and I'm sure that those people that that I consider as role models, um, you know, are learning something about about me, about my vulnerability of asking questions, about the the um, the issues that I that I'm facing that that I'm seeking out. So um, it's a really interesting one, um, but I, you know, some will overlap, but. Um, as I reflect, a lot of them um, are quite separate uh, idol versus um, role model. Here's the problem with idols, is that idols can't tell you you're good at something. Yep. You know, and they can't, they can inspire you externally, but they can't have a conversation with you. You can't have a conversation with them. And I think that's the other thing about role models and, you know, people that have influence on you is sometimes the pathway that you take will be dictated to by someone telling you you're good at something. So, you know, you might have played football as a young kid. You might have also played basketball. Someone yep. might have pointed out that, hey, you got a great right foot, you're a good kick. And it might have made you feel better about pursuing football over basketball. For me, I had an English teacher who gave me a, a wonderful mm. uh, mark on an oral book report. And I was hopeless at school at so many things, but getting a high mark for an oral book report made me think, oh, maybe there's something about speaking and yeah. something about performing that is is comes naturally to me more so than trying to work out times tables. Yeah. You know, and it was it's just a subtle, can be just a subtle, but but I, I would never have got that from an idol. I would never have got that from someone I watched on television. So I think that's why it's so important that, that they're accessible because they can help you feel better about yourself or help encourage you and help um, uh, articulate what your strengths are. And the one thing that I regret coming out of football, I was like, did I show people that I smiled enough? Hmm. Did, did I show the journey that was, you know, that I did love right to the day that I finished from when I started um, was always good. But it doesn't mean that um, didn't feel like we let people down along the way and I think you know moving on to the next question you know is there a time where you felt like you have let someone down and that personal reflection on that oh I've never really considered um myself a role model in the traditional sense so I've, I've I don't know if it's because by the time I sort of started working and being well known I was already a dad yep. so the overwhelming thought for me is, you know, have I let my kids down? Like mm -hmm. that that would come in so much earlier than how I felt about how someone externally felt about me. So I think as a dad, I'm always, always judging, judging myself and judging my reactions and judging my behaviours and judging my implementation or lack of implement. So so in that area, I'm, I'm like, I'll always beat myself up. 
Um, but in terms of, you know, public facing, I never really thought about it too much because um, maybe I was a bit more fearful at the beginning because you think, oh, it's a big responsibility. Mm. I, I'm not sure if I'm up for that responsibility. And then you get to a point in your life where you realise I'm reasonably confident I'm not going to end up on the front page for doing something really stupid. Yeah. I'm pretty confident that I've passed that point now. Yeah. And so you you can kind of relax. Was there ever a point where a man or a woman first role model vulnerability to you? Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd say um, my wife has done an amazing job on that stuff for me. Um, and not just in terms of vulnerability, but in terms of like making you see things from other people's perspective. So she's been huge for me in that regard. She she will make me think about the other person's perspective in a way that I feel like she's actually jumped into their brain and has so much empathy for that person at that time. And it'll be someone that she's not meant to have empathy. I'm like, you're meant to be on my side in this situation. Yeah. I'm your husband. But she'll make me see it from the complete opposite. And it's like X-ray vision and this ability to just see things from different angles that, that I've learned from her uh, for many, many, many years that we've been together that was a superpower that I didn't have. I had it in a different way. I would be able to impersonate that person, yeah. but I wouldn't understand why they were doing what they were doing. And, and so she's been amazing at, at, you know, helping facilitate that that line of thought for me, for sure. Mm. Has it helped with your career? You oh, think? it's yeah. definitely helped. Yeah. yeah, it's really helped me deal with tricky people. Yeah. Um, I, I have a lot of patience for, for tricky behaviour. Yeah. Um, and some of that's just come from experience and age, but um, a lot of it's just come from really trying to understand what might be going on for that person. Yeah. And not and not judging it and maybe even trying to help them, um, but just having the ability to step back and go, okay, this is actually not about anyone in the room. This is yep. about something else that's going on or has gone on and how how can we how can we get through this? How can we take the step beyond and and help them get get to the other side? Because we need to get the day's work done. I think to add a layer to that too, um, probably as an eighteen-year-old, we probably think that life needs to be perfect and we need to do the perfect play or be the perfect person uh, for the job that we've got at hand. As you get older, the actual the imperfections are the more beautiful things within people that you then try and mould and you mould yourself too to know that, hey, this is going to be far from perfect, but if we can do enough right, mm. then we'll give everyone a fair chance here. Mm. Mm, yeah. It probably, and now probably leads me on to um, male role models that we've had um, in our lives. And, and does it, being a male ourselves, does it need to be a male role model? I mean, you just spoke of your wife. Yeah. Um, so your answer's clear, but... Yeah, if you could take us further into it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they have to be male. I do, I do think it is very important for young men to have a male in their lives. I, I do think that I do think there's something inherently um, uh, influential about a male figure. I, I, I think, um, and I don't, I don't know why. It's just something I, I, I feel. It's not um, essential because obviously I've had lots of females have a have a strong influence on on me and and my work in particular but um i do think it's important yeah i do um and i i know that when i've gone into jobs earlier on in my career i was always looking towards 
the older actors. They were the ones that I revered. Mm. I never revered anyone that was in my age group. Yeah, it was right. always, oh, my God, I'm getting to work with Robert Duvall and Peter O'Toole and Nick Nolte and these people who I grew up idolising and watching how they work or how they behave with the crew or how they go about their work, how prepared they are compared to my peers or the reverence they had for the work and um, just the way they carried themselves. You know, the, res the, the respect they had for the craft was, was something that, always had a had an impact on me um, so I do think it was I do think it's important I sort of see things a little bit differently just because of, of who I am but um, I've had some and still you know I mentioned before dad's a role model of mine and, and will be steadfast in in the rest of my life uh, in what he does but um, I uh, had a great connection with my mum who I lost seven years ago um, and you know now Emma, my wife, she's she's um, the most important person in my life, and the the person that that I um, learn a lot and discuss things and make decisions with. So um, I do have some strong male figures that I that I like to look up to, and a lot of those are my family members and friends. Um, and then there's some industry people in in football, but um, you know I've I've had a great connection. Uh, arguably, some of the best connections with with women that I've um, that I've grown up. Um, you know, my, my mother, um, as I mentioned, Emma, my wife, also my grandmother on my dad's side. She was we had a big family, and um, and she was sort of the matriarch of the family. It's beautiful what I keep hearing how everyone in our life are playing roles, and they're modelling certain things that we can take from them. Whether it's my wife, not my wife, but your wife, uh, that you can understand empathy from, whether it's your grandma. It's like, how do you start to connect people through food, through occasion, through that vulnerability being a powerful connective piece of the matriarch. If I can take you inside the locker room. And I mean, I mean, I mean. Hopefully this makes you excited, Eric, but um, <laughs> the locker room when we were 18. Were cats, but, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, blue and white today. Sorry, mate. But. Um, I remember the conversation that Tom and I got when we got onto the doorstep mm. of Geelong Footy Club as 18-year-olds and it was, um, you know, we want you to be respected before you're liked. And that's pretty black and white. There's not much grey in that um, in footy terms. It's like, okay, well, what does that mean? Go out and train really hard, um, do all the extras, you know, listen um, and then just put your best foot forward. Sort of as we got on in life, we felt that you could do both and you could do both really well. I agree because, you know, I've thought about before today, you know, the obvious, thinking about who are the obvious role models in, in my sort of more formative years, but I've also reflected on the fact that, like, I'm 54. In the last 10 to 15 years, I've found incredible role models for myself mm. later in life. Uh, other men who I've become really great friends with who I really value what they say or might be successful in different different areas and that I've learned from. So it doesn't stop. Yeah. I still, as a 54-year-old dad of two adults and, you know, a fair way into my career, I'm still looking for them and still valuing them and, and, and loving them and just like getting so much out of it. Um, and it's just a, it's just a, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. It's like, it's like a gift, mm. you know. So it's, it's not like I get to this point in my life and think I don't need them anymore. I still... I still search them out and think it's a really wonderful thing, you know. Yeah. So I don't think it ever stops. And I think it's important to say, like, it, there might not be 
those role models around you. And I th- Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I, in a way, I feel guilty saying, yeah, you know, go to your extended family because, you know, there, there'll be people out there who are in a position where that's not available to them for whatever reason. Um, to those people, I would say volunteering can be a really wonderful way to find incredible connections and and role models. And there's something unintimidating about volunteering in that it's not like going for a job where um, it might be really, really difficult to get into and you might have a lot of self-judgment. You know, volunteering is is a is a very, very open and inclusive mm. community that that welcomes people who can contribute in any way and it's something people shouldn't feel intimidated by and I think there's always really great opportunity to to meet wonderful people and you just never know what will happen once you enter that space you know what connections can be made so there we have it hugely respected guys um, appreciate you being on season three nice well done thanks Charlie well done hosting oh, thank oh, you.